Okay, we dedicate our Divrei Torah today in Shema of Eliyahu ben Menashe, just passed away 30 days ago, and in the Shema of Meir ben Yitzchak, the anniversary of passing is today, and in the Shema of Eliezer ben Chaim. ben Chaim. The question we're going to discuss today is how to make good money. How to make good money. There are um, many wonderful fruits we have over here today. And it's a custom, it's custom to have good fruit today on, on Tu B'Shvat. Fruit are not something you need to have to live. You're able to survive without fruit. Fruit is something you have for, as we say in Yiddish, Lazat. Lazat. Farsi, actually. Lazat is for pleasure. The previous Rebbe told my grandfather, whatever you do, should be done with pleasure. But money, unfortunately, many people look at money and it causes a lot of angst and frustration. And everybody has a different way to look at money. Everyone has a different interpretation of what money means. One person, money means prestige. They want the money because they want to be looked at and respected. Another person, money means the things that they can get with the money. Honor, people look at money because they want to get respected, honor. And this week, the Torah says when the Jewish people left Egypt, they left with lots and lots of money. It says every Jew had with him 90 white camels with silver and gold. They got lots of money from the Egyptians. They didn't want the money. The interesting thing is they didn't want the money. The Torah says that when they left Egypt, there was a request that God gave them. God asked him to do him a favor, so to speak. What was the request? He said, please get from your neighbors, ask the Egyptians for their silver and their gold and all their belongings. Take their silver and gold with you. Now the question is, why did they not want it? It said God had to like force them, please do me a favor. Why was God asking? What was their response? What does it mean? So, so the Talmud says, imagine someone's in prison. He's in prison for a long time. And then finally they tell him, you're free to go. What does the guy say? You're free to go, but you know, why don't you wait a little bit longer? We'll give you some. We'll give you a lot of silver and gold. What will the guy say? I don't care about the silver and gold. Let me go out free. I want to get out of here. So, in a similar way, by Avraham, God told Avraham, "Your children will be strangers in a strange land, and they're going to go free with great wealth." So the Torah says that Avraham told God, "Hey, you promised them the great wealth. You said they're going to be strangers in a strange land. You also said they're going to go out with great wealth. Where is the money?" So Hashem said, please make sure you take out with the money of the Egyptians because I don't want the Jewish people to say that they only got the uh, punishment, they only got the pain, but they didn't come out with the great wealth. And therefore I want you to make sure you come out with the great wealth out of Egypt. But they didn't want it. The question is, why wouldn't they want it? You know, who, what kind of person, imagine someone tells you, hey, take five pounds of... It says in the Torah, they didn't want to go out because there was a great... There was a... It was very heavy going out to the going out into the desert of to carry the money with him out of Egypt. What kind of what kind of person would not want to carry silver and gold and diamonds just because it weighs something? If 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 you're if you're carrying diamonds, you don't get tired. So what kind of person wouldn't want to carry out of Egypt silver and gold and diamonds? They're carrying lots of wonderful precious stones. What what do they mean? They said they don't want to carry because it was too heavy. What kind of person thinks that? It looks at gold and diamonds and says it's too heavy. What does it mean? It was against their will, they didn't want it. There were these two rabbis, 
went to collect staka for their yeshivas. Reuven and Shimon. They went to someone, each of them went individually. Reuven went to the guy and Reuven asked him for a donation. And Reuven was very polished. Reuven had a very whole spreadsheet and a whole plan. And he gave the guy a lot of honor and got a lot of respect. And the guy he went to ask for staka from, he gave him, he didn't give him anything. Shimon and Reuven meet in the synagogue. Reuven says, how's it going? Shimon says, it's going well, but, but uh, how's it going by you? Well, I went to this guy, he, he's so rich, but he doesn't give anything. I went to him, didn't give anything. I know if it's worth your time. Shimon says, I'll try anyways. Shimon goes to the same guy, and he has talks to him for two minutes. The guy gives him a very great big check. So Reuben is very insulted. So Reuben comes back to the, to the guy, and he says to him, he says to him I, I, I don't understand. The other guy... He sat with him two minutes, he gave him this big check. And me, I had this whole presentation, I honored you so much. And you, yeah, you, you, didn't, you didn't help me, how come you helped him? And I, Do whatever you want, I'm not, I'm, but tell me what, what the reason is. So the guy said, I was thinking about it. You came to me, you gave me such respect. Why do you give me such respect? What do I have that you don't have? You're a rabbi, you don't know so much Torah. You're, you have it all together, you, don't, you, you have a family. What do I have that you don't have? And I realized the only one thing that I have that you don't have is money. So he sat with me, he gave me such respect, I said, oh, you know what, I'll hold on to this. I'll hold on to this money. If the reason he's respecting me is because of the money, I'll, I'll hold on to it. But the other guy, he came to me like a friend, he came to me and said, I need help. So I wanted to help him. So, the question is, how can we make the money not run our lives, but to get in control of, of the financial situation, get in control of the money that we have and that we like to have? How do you get in control of that? There is a, uh, a Kabbalistic teaching about the meaning of money. The Baal Shem Tov said that everything in the world has has sparks of holiness in it. And you're meant to have, before you're born, there's an announcement in heaven that says who you're going to marry, which house you're going to own, which field you're going to own. It's all announced in Shemaim, all announced in heaven before you're born. Now, of course, your spouse is important to announce in heaven before you're born because your whole life is based upon your soulmate. That makes sense. But why is it, makes, why is it important to know which street you're going to work on in downtown? Let's say you won't work on Long Beach Avenue. Let's say you work on Hooper Street. Let's say you work on, what street you want for many years? Uh, Hope, Hope. Broadway, Hope Broadway. Street, Hope Street. That's right, Hope Street. 1200. Yeah. What, what, what's wrong with uh, who says that, mat that matters but the Torah says 40 days before you're born there's an announcement which field you're going to own which house you're going to own who you're going to marry I mean, the, the reason why we, we create different things is, for, is, is to use them so for example the, uh, the phone the camera that we're using to, to, uh, to videotape the class we make the phone because we want to use it for another purpose. It's not like the phone is here already and then we decide what to do with it. So you always have to create, you always have a purpose for something before you get the thing itself. So before a person's born, Hashem already plans their life, what they're, what they're meant to do. So it makes sense that your spouse is there, and make, but what's the point of having, arranging which house you're going to live in, which field you're going to own, what, what, why is that relevant? So it says in the Torah, when God created the world, it says there was a spirit of Hashem hovering over the water. The spirit of Hashem hovering over the water. The spirit of Hashem, the word, the, the word for hovering is merachefet. Merachefet is made up of two words. 
The two words rapach mate. Rapach mate means 288 died. What does that mean? When the Krishan created the world, it says that there was 288 sparks that were used to animate all different creatures and humans and, and inanimate things, everything that's in the world. The 288 sparks were divided in millions and millions of other sparks, and billions of other sparks. And those sparks formed all of creation, the sparks of God that animated and created everything. And, and the reason why the Hashem sends a soul in this world is to elevate some of those sparks, to elevate some of the holiness that God put in the world. That's why it says when we left Egypt, it says, Erev Rav Ala'itam. Erev Rav means there was a lot of Egyptians that joined us, but it also means the word Rav is numerically equivalent to 202. 202 out of the eight, 288 sparks that needed to be elevated through our, through, throughout history were elevated in Egypt. In Egypt, they already took out 202 sparks. That's why it says, when Yaakov and Yosef, it says that they went to Egypt to get bar. Bar is the word they use for food. Why do they use the word ochel? Ochel is a more common word for food. Why use the word bar? The reason is because bar is numerically equivalent to 202. The purpose of our being in Egypt was to elevate 202 sparks. And so as 202 were elevated, and to bring Mashiach, rather 86 sparks had to be elevated from that time until the present. So the number 86 is significant, it's numerical equivalent of the word nature and the word Elohim. Elohim, Hashem's name, and the word Hateva, which means nature, the same numerical equivalent. Because Hashem hides Himself in nature. Hashem sends His soul, and it looks like you know, things are happening by coincidence. But everything that happens to us is by design by Hashem for a reason. So the reason that uh, you chose a certain sweater to wear this sweater, using you chose a certain house, using you chose a certain field, it's all because that's something which is connected to your soul, and your soul had to elevate that, that particular thing. When you lose something, you lose something, like, oh, I lost this thing, it's terrible. No, it's okay. The Baal said, you, you needed to hold on to the, this thing for as long as your soul needed to elevate the sparks of holiness in that thing. And once your soul finishes its job, you can let go of that thing. Your soul needs to hold on to it for that amount of time. A friend of mine was uh, running to catch a bus. He missed the bus. He was with a very great rabbi named Hashem Chaim Kesselman. And he missed the bus. He said, we missed the bus. He said, no, no, no. That bus wasn't for you. That bus wasn't for you. There is a, a reason why you, you, you want to buy a set. You want to get a deal. You're trying to buy some merchandise. You want to get those jeans. And you can't get those jeans. You, you, you did a sale and you missed the sale. You're so upset I missed the sale. That weren't, wasn't for you. Your soul is here in this world to elevate the sparks of holiness. That's what money means. Money is the energy of Hashem in this world. And through the different things that you own, you are able to elevate the sparks of holiness in that money. That's what the Torah says. If you steal from someone a dollar, it's like you killed them. It's like you stole their soul. Why you stole their soul? Just a dollar. So if someone's poor, it makes sense. You stole a dollar from them, they, can't, they don't have breakfast. Fine, it makes sense. But someone's very rich, someone's a billionaire. You take one dollar from him, the Torah says, it's like you, you killed them. Why are you like you killed them? Because there's a spark of holiness that their soul was sent to the world to connect with in the physical things that God sends our way. When Hashem puts something in your life, it's because you have a reason, you have a mission, you have, you're able to do something with the things that God gives you and bring them to holiness. There was a guy, a very wealthy, a very poor guy, he had a very hard time, and he came to the first Rebbe of Chabad, 
and he asked him for advice. He's very poor. He wanted a bracha to be rich. He asked to be rich, and so the Rebbe started to smile. He's very insulted. Why is he smiling at me? I, he, I'm having a hard time, Rabbi. Please give me a bracha to be rich. So the Rabbi said, the way I heard the story, he said to him, 80 years ago, there was a guy who was very wealthy, and was very generous, and people came to him fall over for help. He passed away, he comes to the heavenly court. Comes before the heavenly court, and he, uh, he sees a line of all the people he helped in his life. He says, there is Shlomo, and Baruch, and Zalman, and Chaim, all the people who asked him for help in his life, they're all standing there. So he's like, oh, this is great. They're all going to come before the heavenly court, and they're all going to defend me in the heavenly court. So first guy comes forward, Shlomo, what's going on? Did this guy help you? Yeah, I had an operation, and I needed the money for the operation, I needed $7,000, and I asked this guy for help with the operation, and he helped me. How much did he help you with, the heavenly court says? He helped me with $700. $700, heavenly court says, to him, what $700? If you would have given him $7,000, would that have hurt you? It would have made a difference to you? We still have the same food and the same house. That wouldn't, you wouldn't even notice him. Why'd you give him only $700? Whoa. Okay, next I comes. I asked him for help with, with a wedding. The wedding was $10,000, he gave me $2,000. The heavenly court said, why 2000 He had 5 million sitting in the bank. What would it make difference to you if he gave him 10000 You wouldn't have noticed it even. So the guy is like getting scared. Like all these people are, 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 are that they have the great things that he did, but the heavenly court has a different look at it. The heavenly court is like, well, why'd you only do this amount? Why'd you do more? So he comes to the heavenly court, what's going to happen to me now? What do I got to do? So he said to him, you're going to go down to this world again. And you're going to be rich again, and this time you have to give. He's like, no, please, no, please. Anything but being rich. I don't want to be rich. So heavenly court, okay, you know what? You'll go down poor and give whatever you can. Oh, well. So the altar Rebbe said, that man was you. And that's why he had a sort of a smile when he asked to be rich, because his soul was the one who was saying anything but being rich. So the, he, the Torah says, that the reason the Jewish people didn't want to take the wealth with them out of Egypt, you know why they didn't want the wealth? Because with the wealth that the God gives a person comes responsibility. Shem gives a person more resources, means that they have more opportunity to do good in the world. Shem gives them more ability to make a difference in the world. That's why the Talmud says, there are three things that make a person have a broader mind. A beautiful house and beautiful furniture makes your mind more broad. But the Gemara also, there's another text of that same Talmudic passage that says, there are three things that destroy a person. One second. Is it make it more comfortable, better, or worse? And that's, if you take the word marachivin, the root of the word marachivin and machrivin, destroy and broaden the same root. What's the root of marachivin and achav? Reish bet chet. What does that spell? Bachar. It's your choice. It's your choice. How you want to deal with the blessing that God gives you, it's up to you. How you many people get hypnotized by the money. They don't, they don't know what it's for and they get hypnotized by it. There's a man who, looking for a son-in-law, and someone suggested him this, this, this boy who was a billionaire. He says, why don't you take this guy as your son-in-law? He's like, no, I don't want this guy. Why not? He's a billionaire. He says, I want somebody who has his money in his pocket. I don't want someone who ha- the money has him in his pocket. That he is in money, the money's pocket. That's the meaning of having free choice. Having free choice means that you have the ability. Hashem gives you blessing, gives you resources. You have the choice. What are you going to do with it? I I was blessed to have a very good teacher when I was in second grade and third grade. 
in Worcester, Massachusetts, named Rabbi Fishman, Zayin Gesund. Rabbi Fishman once was by the Rebbe and gave the Rebbe a lot of money. And the Rebbe started to count the money. And he was like looking at the Rebbe, what is he doing? He's, he tells the Rebbe under his breath, he wasn't yet so familiar with who the Rebbe is. He tells the Rebbe, this is just physical, just material. Why are you so excited about this? The Rebbe said to him, what's by you physical is by me I consider it spiritual. With a dollar I could put a child in a school. With a dollar I could build a mikveh. What you consider physical is really spiritual. On the one hand, the Rebbe, you see in the old Rebbe's activities, a very broad sense of giving and giving and building and expanding. I remember what country it was. It was a country, I think it was some area in Egypt, I don't remember. There was one woman who needed a mikveh. And the Rebbe, through Rabbi Bristriski and, and Sfas, Rebbe arranged that she build a mikveh. There's one person. The Rebbe wanted that one mikveh that one lady's going to use should have marble floor. It should be a beautiful mikveh. It should be, it should be, it should, it should be with luxus. It should be with luxury. On the other hand, this guy wrote a letter to the Rebbe, and the Rebbe always would not, if there's a piece of paper and there's empty space, the Rebbe will use that empty space. So if someone wrote a letter to the Rebbe and there was like a blank part of the paper, the Rebbe used every, every bit. Why? It says, Sadiqim, holy people, their money is more important to them than their lives. Why? Because everything Hashem gives a person, there's a reason, there's a mean, there's a, there's a need, there's a reason that I need it because I have some, some way to elevate it. That's why the Jewish people didn't want to leave Egypt with all the wealth, they were afraid of the responsibility that comes with the wealth. But the bottom line is, as uh, the Rebbe said, that Hashem blesses the Jewish people with physical blessing, and with a physical blessing, we're able to create spiritual blessings. So today is a day of Tu Bishvat, which is a day of pleasure, a day of enjoyment, which is a day where Hashem bestows the Jewish people with not just our bare minimum, but our life should be fruity, which means it should be full of pleasure. The purpose of all the blessings Hashem gives us is that we should use all the blessings Hashem gives us to create something amazing, to create something spiritual, to create something... It's our choice. If we want to use the blessings Hashem gives us to create something spiritual, or just leave it, leave, leave it in, in its place. It's, it's up to us how we want to handle that blessing. In the words of Rendel Futafas, there are many great people that a little bit of money made them very small. A little bit of money made very great people very small. But it's our, our, our choice, how we want to use, how we want to think about the blessing God gave us and what they're for. And by using the right direction, that causes Hashem to open up the storage houses of blessing to give us more and more until Mashiach will come and says, we'll cast them, we'll go to Yushalayim with all the blessings of silver and gold, the card of Mamish with Mashiach Zakeinah.